Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, joined tonight first by Mark Immelman. Mark, good to see you. How's it, boys? Uh, good to see all of you. It's been a while. Um, I'm still alive and doing all right and enjoying some time off. So, yeah, good, man. And it was fun to watch a little golf this afternoon. Um, I Just for the record, I have to admit that I'm not a big fan of Tom Brady after this afternoon in the Falcons, but otherwise we're good. Uh, you thought you had a 21-point comeback there for a second and then, you know, yeah, kind of got ripped away from you a bit. Yeah, well, look, I mean, things are on the up because, like, from <laughs> the first time since like 2019 or something, the Falcons were on a two-game win streak. So it was all it was all dandy for a little while there. They're the only team who has covered the spread in every single game this season, so they're at least covering Mark. They're at least covering if they're not You're winning. On my boys, aren't you? That's, That's right. There you go. Uh, yeah. Greg Ducharmes here. Gregors, hi, good to see you. What's going on, boys? Uh, fired up. What a day in the game of golf. Football was something else too this morning, um, but that was quite a finish we just witnessed. I mean, it looked like Mark. I hate to bring this up, but it looked like a different Atlanta Falcons game against Tom Brady. Um, it wasn't quite that bad, but it was something. It was something else this afternoon. Yeah, we are we are hot here. Literally seconds after uh, the Shriners Children's Open finished up, we'll dive into that specifically the seventy second hole. But before we do, let me remind you that first cut merch, that first cut first cut merch that I saw out at TPC Summerlin this week, it's twenty percent off uh, for the rest of the year. Use the code First Cut Twenty. There is a link in both the video uh, of this, the description, in the audio description. The code you're looking for again, First Cut. 20 for all your, I don't know, shot glasses, hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, all that fun stuff. Gentlemen, my goodness. Uh, we stepped on the 72nd tee with Patrick Cantlay and Tom Kim dueling it out. Both of them 24 under par. Both of them uh, five under for the day. Mark, on the tee box, this thing had playoff implications. It looked like it was going to be who's going to get the who's going to make a birdie first. It did not necessarily end that way, but for 71 holes, this thing was tight. Yeah, and it's the craziest thing too because 
to be honest with you, it's not the hardest tee shot in the world. Now, with the a final hole and the tournament on the line, yeah, it's a little different, but there's oodles of room off to the right-hand side. And I've been there when Patrick Cantlay has won this thing before, and he always hits this sort of tight draw a little bit off that tee. And it looked to me like the golf course was playing fast, so you could have geared back if you want, but uh, anything down the right side and you're playing golf, anything down the left and you, you're obviously in trouble. And uh, that miss was incomprehensible, honestly, for a guy who'd been driving the ball great the entire week. To miss it left, it's the only place you don't hit. Now, honestly, I think of the shots coming in, the hardest one that you have to hit is the tee shot down 17. Um, now, look, it's daunting to attack that front left hole location on 18 there, but you just got a scoring club in your hand. So if you want to go and play offense, it's difficult. But I thought once they were on 17 green, okay, it's open season now. And when he hit that thing, I was like, my goodness gracious me. He took leave of himself mentally there for a minute and, and hit in the one place that you just couldn't afford to. The shot that Patrick Cantlay hit, Greg, was a draw into the desert on the left-hand side of 18. He drew a horrible lie, uh, opted to try to advance it back into the fairway, could not extract himself from that position, ends up taking a unplayable uh and then a, a very interesting conversation happens where where him and his his caddy are, are looking at the leaderboard going okay well we're three shots clear of second place uh should i go for it from here right like this is such an awkward position to be in the desert i have to fly it over the water things unraveled very very quickly for patrick Cantlay. yeah you're saying at that point okay um well i'm not gonna win now because i i tried i gave it my one chance to try to get it back out into play knock it on the green and make a make a putt for par uh, and that would basically keep it going and once it goes into the bush and now you got to take it on playable the whole thing's over so now you're thinking about second place and that is so far from your thoughts all day long um, especially on the 72nd tee as it, as it goes so look I, I don't really think the thought um, the shot into uh, the water there was a was a big deal Um I don't think that was a huge mistake. I understand going for it there. It was just unfortunate circumstance. Maybe the mistake was his second shot, not taking an unplayable there. Uh, let's round out this crew for this evening. Kyle Porter, I believe we have on the scene, if we could add him in here. There he is. Hello, Kyle. Hello. What's up? What's up? Tom Kim's world. We're all just living in it. You want to know what world we're living in, Kyle, right now? <laughs> One where you can't hear me? one where we're getting that horrible uh, buzz from you i i hate everything <laughs> this is a recurring bit you do right it's not a bit <laughs> um, not, it's the airpods how's it try one more time is that better much better yeah. yes so <laughs> tom kim starts the week uh, talking about, did you see his quote to start the week? Uh, no, which one? Uh, I'm going to pull it up. He, 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 he didn't, it, it could have come off like kind of cocky. He didn't mean it like this, but he said on Wednesday, somebody said, if uh, things have changed for you, you're much more well-known or you aren't in the balance of juggling all that, which is a good question. And Tom Kim says, I mean, I'm always myself. The situation hasn't really changed of who I am a little bit. 
No, I don't really think it's changed for me. I think it's going to be the same way. Tiger has 82 wins on the PGA Tour. Until I get to 83, until I get to 83, it's going to be hard for me to think uh, a little different. So basically, I'm going to be the same guy until I get to 83 wins is what he's saying. At at this pace, pace, Kyle, that's like uh, six years from now. He's on his way. He's got two in his first 18 starts on the tour. He's a star. He's barely 20. I mean, they're talking on the broadcast. I think it was Steve Sands said, you know, he's not even 21 yet. I was like, he's barely 20. Like, he just turned 23 months ago. So... I don't know, man. I'm I'm pumped. I, I think it. I think the President's Cup stuff could be looked at as a little bit of empty calories if he doesn't go and and sort of back it up with more PGA Tour success. And then he did it right away, which is which is really cool to see. Yes, he did. Just turned 20 years old in June, and uh, it makes 18 a lot easier, Mark, when you're seeing the debacle uh, that Patrick Cantlay is in. So Tom Kim plays out to a safe spot, takes his two putts, and takes his second victory in his last three starts. And then you throw in everything he did at the President's Cup. It's it's a a meteoric rise to uh, where he's at in the game right now. Yeah, and we must we we mustn't overlook the fact that at the Genesis Scottish Open he had about four and a half five feet downhill to get into a playoff with Xander, and that would have well not get in the playoff to post with Xander still coming down eighteen, which was playing hard and back into the wind, and it's almost a situation there where if Kim makes that putt he missed in the end, then it puts the extra pressure on Shafley, and who knows maybe then the result is a little different. So he finishes runner up there, and from then goes on this rise and. And I just hearken back to the Wyndham where I had him for the final nine holes. I was covering him. I was on the course with him. And I was just so – I was actually awestruck would be the word as to how mature he was, how accurate he is from tee through green. He's not that long. Well, he's long enough. But, you know, if he's playing against elite golfers, he's spotting them or they sp- a good 20, 30 yards off the tee. And you saw that um, at the President's Cup on that final hole where – he had two iron in there. He whiffed the tee shot some. I talked to my brother some about it. And Sam Burns is going there with like wedge. Um, so it's two iron versus wedge, yet he's still competitive. Um, but the guy just putts so beautifully. And he is just so present all of the time. And he made um, some really nice putts coming down the stretch over there. There was one for birdie on the par five. Then that one he made on the par three, the uh, the 14th. That was just beautiful, man. Right to left, right into the heart, perfect pace. And then made an incredible up and down on 15. And I'm like, this guy's bulletproof. But then he doesn't birdie the par five. That's understandable. But he just never loses pace. He never seems to get panicked. Everything stays right in front of him. And he's got all of this mental acumen to go with this tremendous game he has. And my brother mentioned to me is like the guys are lightning right in the locker room and the in the players team room and he, he's he's not afraid to poke fun at himself he and sung jay and and, and see woo all of them the same way but he's like tom kim was just always up for it and in the beginning of the week trevor said to tom at the president's cup now that says he goes um are you ready to make the winning putt and Adam Scott was on hand and Scotty jumped on this and they would ask him this all the time. Are you ready to make the winning putt? And Kim would say, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And it turns out he didn't have that, but he had that putt for that crucial point on the Saturday evening. So it shows that this guy's up for it too. 
And, you know, because everyone wants to make the winning putts and you want the spotlight, right? But when that spotlight gets on you, bringing out your best is difficult, if not impossible. But now we've seen it twice where the spotlight's been on. He's been up against some guns and he's come through almost looking impenetrable in, in, a, in a strange sort of a way. When you win for the second time at 20 years, three months, and 18 days, Greg, it's going to be a Justin Ray field day. So here are a couple of my favorite nuggets. One, he did it bogey-free. So last two players to win on the PGA Tour without dropping a single shot. Anyone? Anyone? Kyle is on mute but has his hand up. Lee Trevino, JT Poston. Uh, That is correct. JT Poston, 2019 Wyndham. Trevino, 1974. So it doesn't, you know, happen super often. Uh, and then here's one for you, Greg. Oh boy, um, the youngest two-time PGA Tour winner from outside the U.S. since 1900, and the only other example Justin Ray could find with two credited PGA Tour winners from younger from an international was young Tom Morris. We're back in young Tom Morris time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that, if you haven't figured this out yet, is before the PGA Tour started. Uh, <laughs> yes, so it, a little bit. Yeah, it, it's a completely different time frame. It, this is, um, look, it's it's elite stuff. Whether you look inside the U.S. or outside the U.S., it's unbelievable performances. And you think back to what took place in both of them. He started off with a quadruple bogey at the window. And went on to win. So it kind of it ha- it has its moment. I think he won by five. Um, he ended up dominating. And then this one going toe to toe with Patrick Cantlay and taking him down on one of the golf courses. Patrick Cantlay competes the best on. And uh, I, I mean, you would not have expected what happened on eighteen, but he went toe to toe with him for the entire seventy two holes. And bogey free is extremely impressive. But it's just looking through at his nine hole scores. And he had, he made three or more birdies on six of the six of the nine holes that he played the last nine he played. He only made two birdies. And on Friday afternoon, um, well, I'm actually not sure if that was afternoon or morning. I guess that was his afternoon, his second nine. He made nine straight pars, but every other nine had at least three birdies or more. It just, it, it, uh, kind of highlights to me how difficult it is to win an event like this. You just have to keep piling up birdie after birdie after birdie after birdie, and and you can't let down. I mean, he performs that way and stands on the seventy second hole, tied, <laughs> tied. It just it it boggles my mind. But his game is so strong, as Mark eloquently outlined. Well, and I think he's got. Am I? Do I sound okay? You sound great for now. Okay. I think he's got that really interesting balance between, you know, they were talking about, I think it was your brother, Mark Trevor on the broadcast talking about how he was trying so hard not to look at at leaderboards. And he's got this weird, difficult balance to achieve between he's not really excitable. Like he doesn't get, you know, some, some guys, when you're 20, I mean, think about when we were all 20, like how excitable were you? Right. But he's all, but he is exciting. And so he, he, I think he meshes those two things really well in a way that I think it's pretty difficult to do for, for a, for a PGA tour star, you know? And, and so I think that to me is he's, I don't know if he's an old soul, like Mark always talks about, but he definitely is a mature person in terms of being able to kind of handle the spotlight in ways that 
I, I don't I don't know a ton of guys that would be able to do that at age 20. I just want to add to that. Um, if you really pay attention to him, and I know you do, Kyle, because you write and you read all the transcripts, he's fantastically well-spoken. And, and he's very thoughtful, too. You never get empty answers out of the guy either because it's so easy when you're in that place to just give the random soundbite, you know, and a lot of them never really answer questions anyway. And you've got a handful of guys that honestly do. And and I wouldn't compare him to a Rory McIlroy, but to that maturity you reference, you, you listen to him in interviews, he's thoughtful, he's intelligent, and he speaks beautifully. And and the guy, I mean, if I'm a marketeer, he is a marketeer's dream right now. He's international, yeah. he's good looking, he plays great, speaks well. I mean, the guy's got it all. And seemingly, I hate to be this guy who's like going gaga and jumping on a train, but the world is at his doorstep right now. And, and we'll, Basically, whatever he wants, he can he commands that, Rick. And I think I think to that point, Mark, I, I noticed even at the president, it happened a couple of times this week, but at the President's Cup especially, he got asked some questions that I thought were a little bit leading, like trying to lead a 20-year-old into stuff he shouldn't say. Right. Somebody was like, Hey, do you want JT tomorrow? It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, you like, can't say no, but you can't say yes. <laughs> that's un, that's unfair. And, uh, but he, but he wouldn't, he, like he, he refuses to kind of like play your games, but it, that doesn't mean he's bland. He's not bland. He, he, he's still like Mark was saying, he still gives great quotes. He's just also mature enough not to kind of walk into these traps that sometimes get set for players in, in, in the media center. Speaking of excitable, Greg, I'm excited. Right. And I think we got to do like a little bit of a, a, a wellness check here. Right. Because we're, it's easy to be a prisoner of the moment and watch Tom Kim just win this, win the Wyndham. He's now won, you know, twice in three PGA Tour starts, but we are kind of in uncharted territory. Justin Reif, U.S. PGA Tour starts needed to get two wins since 1970. Robert Gamez, 13. Seve, 16. Tom Kim, 18. I mean, we're, we're, we're very much in like elite kind of territory at the moment here. Um, I, I don't want to get too excited. How excited should I get? Well, I, I think there are a lot of reasons to get very excited. We've mentioned many of them already. Um, the the one thing that I think plays in our favor to helping tame the expectations is the distance that he hits the ball. Uh, and, and I might compare it to like a Colin Morikawa distance where he's a superstar and he's winning majors and getting himself into some of these elite competitions uh, or elite you know, categories very early on, but you don't have that Tiger Woods um, kind of player where he's the best at everything. And so you still can look at some of the holes in his game, if you want to call him that and say, well, maybe there are some golf courses that aren't going to suit him. I don't think you're going to look at Tom Kim every single week and say, well, he's going to, he's going to win again. This is the next coming of Tiger Woods. 83 is really in play. I, I don't think that's, <laughs> That's not really where we're thinking with Tom Kim. Um, and that's not to say he won't be a Hall of Famer. And I mean, who knows what kind of heights he goes to. I just think that helps tame the expectations that we have. Uh, you know, the the Wyndham Championship and this event are not um, the strongest field. You know, it's not the Genesis and the Masters, for example, it, where there's still, 
many steps for him to take in the next direction. So I think we have to be cautious with that and applaud him for what he's done so far because it's been incredible and all of the accolades are are very well earned. Um, but but I don't think we're looking at right now. I don't think we need to be getting excited like when Rory McIlroy first came out or like when Tiger first came out. Well, I, th- I think it's. You know, I, on the foot to, to kind of not push back on that, uh, uh, maybe a little bit, Greg, it's not as if I hear you with the, the distance stuff, it, but it's also yeah. not as if he just caught two hot putting weeks, right? Like he's a no. flusher, like he flushes it oh. and he flushed it this week. And, and I think it's, I think the question is, is he a, is he a more cow where you're like, okay, he's a threat. He's going to win majors, et cetera. Or is he a Siwoo Kim who popped up around the same age? He, how old was he when he won the players? Like 21? 23? 20. No, he was younger. He was than younger that. than 23? I think it was 22. 22. Okay. Yes. Uh, don't, don't quote me. I'll find out. And so, and Siwoo's had a good career, but he, he's been, it's been an inconsistent career. So I think my question with Tom Kim is, is the consistency there like a, I don't know. Morikawa didn't have a, you know, a great 2022, but I think there is going to be consistency there from him over the next, you know, whatever, eight, 10 years. And so I, th- I think that part is, I don't know. I'm intrigued by that. I don't know which way it's going to go. Um, I'm sort of with you, Kyle. Uh, the, Tom Kim's game to, to me, you guys can back me up with the stats. He, he is, he has no weakness. He's got a wonderful touch. He's a magnificent putter. He's very, very accurate. Yes, he's not long enough, but he's functionally long. Um, I, and and again, I think he's he's present enough mentally and emotionally to 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 stay competitive. Where Si Wu is is a little mercurial, to be honest with you. The the guy yeah. is, he's high and low, and he's all over the show. And so when he's high and he's playing well, he'll win. And when he otherwise, he'll find him shooting seventy sixes and sevens and stuff at times. Um, so so I think the comparison to Si Wu is kind of misfounded some. But just to pump the brakes a little bit here, you referenced the Robert Gomez um, Sevi comparison. Look, Sevi is a Hall of Famer, multiple major champion. Gomez, I know because um, he knows our family well, lives in Orlando. The guy is seeing ch- chiropractors almost weekly for just tons and tons of injuries he's had through his career. So as I always say, this is Tom Kim. He's young. He's fresh. Um, I, I wish him a long time with no injury. And along those lines, Greg, I, I don't see a golf swing that puts a whole lot of stress on his body. I really don't. No. And so as a result, I feel like he may be sort of injury averse, but you never really know that for certain. Siwoo was 21 when he won the Players' Championship, youngest ever win it. Um, Here's the other sick part about this. We have just for 21 minutes discussed the rarefied air that Tom Kim sits in. Two wins in 18 starts. That's, Greg, by my math, uh, 11.1% of his starts. So to get to 83, that's 750 starts. If he continues to win 11% of his events, which would be absolutely bonkers, 750 events, if he plays 35 a year, is 21 years from now. So, so what we just discussed is like this most amazing start ever. He needs to do that for 21 more years to catch Tiger Woods. Well, that, yeah. I mean, that's, the Tiger thing that's amazing that doesn't get talked about a ton is he didn't – He, I don't have the numbers. I bet he played less than any other superstar from – 
maybe any era, certainly of his. I think Phil played twice as many events as Tiger did, right? And and mm. and you see that in the percentage of tournaments won. Phil won like I want to say seven, eight percent of his tournaments, which is is extraordinary. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And Tiger yeah. tripled that. You know, he he was at he the was at Tiger 20, for nothing. He was at 22, 23, 24%. I, I don't know what he is overall now, but that he kind of lived at that number for 15 straight years, which is I mean, the, stupid. I have how many events he played right in front of me. Um, so in that, we'll start in 97, 21, 20, 21, 20, 19, 18, 18, 19, 21, 15, 16, <laughs> six, Set, he had six in 2008. He won. He he played. Six he, he won like five times. of them. Yeah. He won. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a major. Uh, 17, 12, 9, 19, 16, 7, 11. I mean, he he didn't play. He didn't play more than 20 events after 2005. Yeah. Hey, KP. So, KP. Yeah. Speaking of long-term bets, where are we on? Where are we on the Justin Thomas bet? <laughs> <laughs> we got eight. We got eight. Well, we got seven more years, I guess. <laughs> hey, just let that, let, that, let that wine ferment. It's going to be really tasty for whoever gets it. I don't know. I got to I got to make a hard pivot here because Kyle, you've got other responsibilities. You have a hard out, but I couldn't let you out of here without uh, talking about Eugenio Lopez Chikara getting his uh, first professional victory yeah. with golf Bangkok. Right. I mean, this is uh, a highly talented young uh, golfer who everybody saw this great future for. He made the decision to go and play for live golf. He just cashed his first victory. Yeah, he did. I, I didn't watch it. It was in the middle of the night. I was on a father-son trip this weekend. Uh, I did watch uh, Liv put together a kind of a 20-minute highlight video, and I watched almost all of that. Uh, he's a good player. You know, I, I don't – I think it's hard – to kind of contextualize what he did, you know, what is, what is living, what is winning live Bangkok mean? Is it the same as winning Memorial? No. Is it the same as winning colonial? Probably not. Like, you know, what, what, what is the, what is the context there? I, I think that part is really difficult. And, you know, I, I think this, the, the weird part about watching it, Rick, is you're watching it, and you're thinking, man, this guy's, he's kind of interesting. He's good. He's got some tools. Am I ever going to see him in a major, you know, and, and, and maybe you will, like maybe he, maybe they get ODBGR points. Maybe he qualifies for the U S open through, through locals and sectional. I, I don't know, but because we contextualize everything in uh, professional golf by the major championships, your mind immediately got, I mean, that's where my mind was going with Tom Kim today. I looked up, okay, how did he do in the majors this year? How does that set up for him next year? And, and maybe that's unfair, but that's just sort of the way things are. And so I think I find a little bit of disappointment in there for uh, as good as the win was. And I think it was a solid win. It, I think there is some kind of sadness in there for whether you, you might never get to see him in a major championship. Uh, one, one more thing, Kyle, then I'll get you out of here and, and we'll circle back on this on the other side as well. But do you think a victory like this for a young golfer who just turned pro and, and uh, gave up his opportunity to play on the PGA tour, at least in the, foreseeable future does that impact other young golfers decisions this is a pipeline of professional golfers that come out of oklahoma state do they see that and say okay maybe i'm more likely to do x y or z 
Has to, right? I mean, it has to affect them going to live because, you know, all of a sudden he's in, uh, he's 22, he won four and a half mil or whatever the team thing was also. And, uh, he wouldn't be, I mean, it's very improbable to do that on the PGA tour. You couldn't do it in one event. Could you put 10 events together and win four and a half mil? I don't know. But I think to me, Rick, it's a little bit of a, I think it shines a light on some of the holes that the PGA tour has of, of getting their, like getting younger, good players into their pipeline immediately. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but they've got so many of these guys that are, you know, late thirties, forties have played 400, 500 events. And it's like, okay, I kind of know what that guy is. Right. And you have to create a structure, I think, where you get new, young, exciting talent into the league more quickly. That's what every professional league does, right? NBA, NFL, all these different leagues. And I don't think they've done a very good job of that. And so to me, it, it kind of shined a light on how the PGA Tour needs to to perhaps find a way to, to figure out how to do that better. Hey, just as, as an aside off the subject, Kyle, did you notice, uh, speaking of Chikara, unless my eyes were deceiving me, he had a big 12 shirt on, so was wearing an OSU Cowboys shirt. I mean, I find this curious. Here's a guy, he's twin, you know, everyone was looking for the world out of the guy. He's still wearing college golf shirts when he's playing on a professional tour. I did find that curious. Well, not only that, he's wearing, so he was wearing, Mark, he was wearing a golf Saudi hat. I saw that. An Oklahoma State big 12 shirt. Mm -hmm an Oklahoma state belt and like dress socks with his foot choice. I mean, whatever, like, I don't care about the shorts thing. If you want to wear shorts, wear shorts, but it looked like me going to play after, you know, blogging for nine hours with my son, you know, it was just, it was very straight. Like, I don't know, maybe they'll have uniforms next year. Maybe they'll have some sort of dress code, but it just, it looked, it's not the, most important thing to care about, but it did look kind of goofy. I, I, I thought. Want, I want to know why one other apparel company has not been falling over themselves to get to him if he was that appealing. I guess is the is the thought behind my question. Yeah, I I I agree. I, I had that same thought because if you have a golf Saudi shirt and an Oklahoma or a golf Saudi hat and an Oklahoma State shirt, that tells me you haven't had any offers from anybody, right? Like that's that's not great. We will we'll noodle on that. We'll put a bow on a couple of items on the other side. We still have our betting preview to do. We still have a lot more to go, but Kyle, we're going to let you get out of here. Thanks for bopping on. Uh, he is available on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS, and we will be back with more. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything 
works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym and Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky. As, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash first. Again, Not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out, viore.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And we're back. So (laughs) we'll put a bow bow on the the live conversation here, uh, Greg. And I have one more. I actually do want to circle back to the PGA Tour for for one more thing, uh, Mark, as well. But the the structure around PGA Tour U, that's kind of the feeder system for the college guys to get access to tour status earlier now. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the way it is structured now, which – could certainly change is the top five on those on that PGA tour U standings are going to get their card on the corn ferry. And that is kind of a little bit of the PGA tours defense from some of these highly touted young, great collegiate players saying, I'm going to go do what Shakara did. Yeah. And it used to be um, various PGA tour properties, right? You might get uh, some starts on the McKenzie tour or, P- you know, any, some of the PGA tour, Latino America, or some other starts, some other places like that, but getting full status on the corn Ferry tour is a, you know, you're one step away, which I think is a really fair way to do it. Um, and in answering this question, it's, it's really difficult to look at what, happened with Chikara winning whatever he won, whatever his signing bonus was and say, well, financially the best move for me is live golf. But you know, the apparel company is one thing. Um, and also the name recognition, you know, he, to me is sadly not a star no matter what he does on live golf, because I, there's no way to contextualize it as Kyle said, and, and there's no wrong to compare it to. And you'll never know what it really means unless you see him start to play in majors and really contend. And boy, that puts a lot of pressure on, on um, you know, two to four events a year, however, however many end up playing in. So I, I think it's like, I don't feel like we're missing that from the PGA tour because we never knew it. You know, I don't think that he was a star as highly touted as he is. I don't think he was a star in, um, in the country when he was playing in college. I mean, Matt Wolf, Victor Hovland and, uh, and Colin Morikawa were hardly, I mean, they were very well known, but they weren't really stars until they came out and had their early success on the PGA tour. And you, 
when you're in front of an, a, a lot of people, a really big audience, that's when stars are born. You get out onto the stage and stars are created um, on really on, on the PGA Tour um, in majors, sometimes on the DP World Tour, but primarily the PGA Tour. And this is an event in Bangkok where you're talking about, I mean, you know, 16,000 people watching at some times, um, you know, under 100,000 people watching worldwide. And, and that makes it very challenging for sponsors to get behind. It's going to make it hard to get into television advertisements, uh, get involved with these companies. Um, and again, that's a primarily, that's like a, a big part of that is finances, but there's also, there's something more to it. You become a brand when you're attached with these companies and there, there's something more to it than just the finances and it helps people grow. And unfortunately, I, I mean, if I'm a college kid, the easy road is live golf, but the, you know, the road to really do something meaningful is going to the corn Ferry tour. Um, and, and getting onto the PGA tour and putting your work in and becoming wh what Tom Kim became, you know, it's something, you know, really valuable, um, a, a real star in our game is Tom Kim and, uh, Chikara is, is not in my opinion. The, Mark, since the last time we've chatted, uh, there has been a, an attempt for live to, to get themselves in the OWGR rankings. And that attempt has also been shut down it all happened within like three days here's here's the recap of that uh live essentially partnered with the minotaur if you have not heard of it that's spelled m-e-n-a middle east and north africa to tour that was essentially shut down during the covid shutdown they have not played since 2020 and uh they formed some type of strategic alliance with live golf where the minotaur submitted their schedule uh to include this event here in Bangkok and the upcoming event in Jeddah. And that was an attempt by the OWGR to say, look, the Minotaur, that is a that's already an OWGR sanctioned tour. So if we're on their schedule, we should get points. It didn't work. It didn't work, Mark, because the OWGR, which they rarely do, released a statement that basically said, um, yes. While this is uh, while the Minotaur is is part of the structure for a change like this, it triggers another review. I can find the verbiage, but needless to say, they did not get points for for Bangkok, and they will not be getting points for Jeddah. Yeah, you know what it smacks of to me because you know me, I tend to look at the shadow side of things a little bit more. I guess it's the golf instructor inside where you got to consider the whole picture, and uh, we could go, go and talk about what. The world golf rankings body said and and the craftiness of greg norman to try and conjure up this idea but what it says is that norman has promised his guys the live guys that they're going to get world ranking points and now things aren't working out and they are trying anything and they are trying anything to legitimize what they're doing and it's it, it look it was pretty savvy of norman let's let's be honest um but it also shows that money can buy some small tour as well because i'm sure there was a, a handsome payday at the end of it for all of them um so so it sort of smacks of desperation some i think it also sort of speaks to maybe what the mood in the camp is like because i, I love what greg had to say where 
I, I, I switched on my phone this morning to see what the result was because I wasn't going to wake up in the middle of the night to watch golf from Bangkok. So, you know, when you've got a situation like that, it really narrows the, the audience size. And so you've got to be a real, a real golf lover to want to watch something like that in the middle of the night. So th- there's a whole lot of undercurrent to me going on right now, which I think the players may be a little um, – aggravated about it. Uh, there are a number of players that have removed themselves from that lawsuit that's still ongoing there in Northern California. And and so what seemed like a pretty well-oiled thing that seemed to want to be going in the right direction between Greg, the Saudi money, and the players looks like it's splintering just a little bit right now. And 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 I'll tell you from having worked with these professional golfers, they're used to getting their way. And if you tell them one thing and it doesn't happen, they start getting a little aggravated. I don't care what their payday was. And, and so that's sort of what my what I took from this whole little the, – the most recent saga, Rick. Um, I, I The Mina Tour thing really it, it bothered me in a way. Um, and I don't understand it, – it didn't bother me that they did it. I mean, that doesn't really mean anything to me. But the idea that this was some kind of – you know, clever move then. And we're expecting in these statements, we're expecting to get world ranking points. It's just, it, it's really short sighted to me. It's not understanding the picture, right? I think there's a real lack of understanding from their side about why they don't have ranking points right now. One is, well, time. If, if they had it all, everything, if they had all the boxes checked, it still takes time. For, and it has for everybody. They're not the first ones where it takes time. And the second thing is they they look at this from a perspective of, well, if we have the players, we have we should have the points. But they're not taking into account the format. And if, if you're ranking players that are playing different formats, it becomes very difficult to kind of stack them up and order them. And you know, to the point I made um, last Friday on Sirius XM was the PGA Tour is a sanctioned OWGR tour, but not every event they play gets OWGR points, right? The Zurich Classic, they give full FedEx Cup points. Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley won it last year, but it's a team event, so they don't get OWGR points because they're playing a different format that, that doesn't classify, it doesn't qualify. So getting the Mina Tour involved is a just a uh, it's it's not a clever idea to me. It's a silly idea to me. Unless there's some other benefits, there very well may be, and I don't know what their full intentions are there. But I, I don't think it's a clever way to get OWGR points at all. Uh, I, I mean, and they already had the Asian tour as well. And what's the difference there? I I cannot find an answer to well, that. Well, yes, well, yes, the thing, Greg. I think it's. Greg's options for these points, which is what the players want because they got their money now. And now yeah. they're watching their ranking slide and they wanted points. They, that, that was the promise. You play in majors and you're going to get all this money, right? So now they, this is not happening. What it speaks to, to your observation, is that Greg has had so many options and one by one they're going away. The lawsuit is fizzling. Well, it's still there, but you know all the players are dropping out, which tells me that deep down they don't believe in the thing and they don't want to be associated with it. Now the Minotaur was like, well, I've got to try something. 
Uh, oh, it's great for the Minotaur, right? <laughs> yeah, it created a situation where the vast majority of the Minotaur purses were $75,000 and the live ones were $20 million. So <laughs> right. It's yeah. a little bit. So when you look at the, the average on a piece of paper, yeah, the average did go up. There's um, there's kind of a funny joke for people who are trying to lose weight that says, uh, I'll do anything to lose weight but diet and exercise, which are obviously like the two things you need to do. Yeah. It's like Liv will do anything for OWGR points except 72 holes and a cut. Like, right. I feel like we could have had this done and in the books by now if they would play 72 holes and have a cut. Well, just to add to what Greg said, yeah, 72 holes and a cut, but then you go through the review process for two years or whatever it's going to take. Every other tour has gone through that. So what suddenly makes Liv special that they can say, just because we got top players, you must uh, circumvent the process that everyone else has gone through. Uh, that's, that's, that's just not fair. Drives me nuts. Uh, I imagine there will be more in the near future. So we'll keep an eye out for those. Okay, gents, one final thing to do. We are going to recap our little money-making challenge. That's where we go and we assign our dollars to specific matchups and finishing positions and outrights. So we have a recap of that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. Uh, Mark, before I jump into this recap, it is uh, not lost on me that the international team had quite a great result in Las Vegas. Tom Kim wins. Uh, let's see who else we have here. Mito Pereira, uh, T4. Sung JM, 7th. Siwoo, T8. Uh, lots of guys in the mix for the majority of this event. Yeah. Um, and, you know, golf is the ultimate game of confidence. And all of these guys were in an environment where, look, they didn't win, but they're spending time around guys like Hideki and Adam Scott. And my brother's a major champion. And they're learning from these guys, gleaning off it. And then they've had their chance to shine. And they've proven to themselves that on the big one of the biggest of stages, they could make it and could hit the shots required. And, and oftentimes situations like that are – that strange something that can that people can never quantify that helps the player break through to the next level yeah. because that's the biggest thing in, in golf and sport there's you're always trying to aim for that next level and sometimes all the data and stuff in the world can't help you quantify what you actually have to do but sometimes it's just a different viewpoint of self or a little bit more confidence and in that event when i spoke with my brother right after the tournament he was on my podcast some and 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 he was pretty pragmatic about the fact that he goes there's a lot of players come out of that locker room on Sunday evening or Monday morning they did apparently had IV bags for them after the party because they they, they went out pretty oh, well oh boy 
uh, so they'll let RVs. He said when they left, they were all on top of the world, even though they lost, because they were coming out there with a self-belief. So, yeah, it's cool to see it, but the truth is I wasn't that surprised whatsoever. And if I was had a chance to put some money on this thing, I probably would have went with some of those uh, President's Cup players because they're coming in here with high confidence. Uh, well, yes, you guys are, uh, depending on how you look at this, you missed out on an opportunity or you're off the hook because you were not involved in the betting challenge this week, but we can recap it here. Uh, the coach lost with Emiliano Grillo over Christian Bezadenho. So he uh, tried to attack an international team member that did not go so well. He did get a finishing position victory. Uh, Tom Kim top 20, Greg, not enough respect for Tom Kim only top 20. When I, when no. I the thing. Well, hey, it's rather safe. Um, but boy, you're missing out now. <laughs> you wish he was his name was in a different column. Uh, the outrights for coach Taylor Montgomery, KH Lee, those both obviously uh, failed to cash. Uh, Mark Patrick did not have himself a good week. He actually picked a matchup against Tom Kim, which uh, I can assure you, no matter who he picked, did not work out that well. It was it was Davis Riley. But when you pick against the guy who wins, that's a tough that's a tough look. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, I I just remember the little wasn't a dust up that Patrick and I had a week prior for Sanderson Farms where he went Wyndham Clark across the board and Clark missed the cut and I'm like, Eesh, that's got to sting some. I didn't have the best week either, but uh, the guy you were sort of sitting all, all your all, all your lineups on was, was at the weekend off. Uh, Sam Ryder top twenty. That was a loser for Patrick, along with two outrights, Denny McCarthy, K.H. Lee. So Patrick will look to bounce back next week. He is now just in the negative for the season. Uh, I had myself a decent week. Tom Kim over Siwoo Kim, which Greg came down to, uh, you know, if you would have told me Tom Hoagie's going to finish T4, I'd be very thrilled. I had to sweat this thing out the whole way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's a nice win. I like what you did. Read your other picks, Rick, because I like what you did here. You had a Matthew nice Neesmith, strategy. Matthew Neesmith, top 20, three to one. And then my outrights were Emiliano Grillo and Seamus Power. Yeah, you went you went heavy on the iron play, mm-hmm. um, which which is really cool and really wise. And it, it played out brilliantly. So I love the Neesmith pick. We talked about him on Monday. Um, but seeing Neesmith and Hoagie right there, T2 and T4, Mito, T4. You got Sungjae there at seventh, which isn't a surprise. Um, and SH Kim, by the way, what a golf swing. Uh, but but uh, what a golf. But beside the point, the iron play worked. So it was a really nice model. You just wish you had Tom Kim over there and one of the outrights. That pesky Tom Kim. Uh, yeah, so for the season, that moves me to 54% ROI. Coach drops to negative 21.4. Patrick minus 4.4. And Greg, one of these weeks, we're going to get you involved in this. Haven't had yeah, your I'm picks in yet. In. Yeah. I'm getting in. I'm going to have a great record after the first week. I can't and wait. I need to fix my record. I've had five bets and none of them cash. Yes. The good news is you've only uh, you've only done, I believe, one week, Mark. So we've yeah. got uh, plenty of rooms, plenty of time, and plenty of room to make up for that. Planted. Uh, okay, gentlemen. Anything else before we get out of here on anything that happened this week? Going once. A uh, big week. Two things. One, so impressed with SH Kim's golf swing. That kind of blew me away. I hadn't really seen it before this week. Um, two, it was really cool to see him with uh, KH Lee and um, 
who else was he with? At, oh, Sungjae at the end there. And, and I think that it, it gives me some hope in the future for the international team that you have, you know, up there, that pipeline is replenishing. Uh, and, and with the talent like that, I mean, we're a long way away from him being on the next President's Cup team, but it was cool to see him hanging with that gang, uh, that, that group of guys. I think that goes a long way. Um, it was nice to see Jason Day play really well. Another international potential, um, although I don't know where he'll be in two years. But I, I was really, I was moved by both of those things. I'll tell you what, um, last Trevor reference for this thing, he, he did mention to me that the four Koreans on that International President's Cup team, they were sort of the uh, the gel to the team. He's like in the in the team room, they were just electric. They were having fun, all sorts of you know shenanigans all the time. When they got out and played, they wanted the ball and they were up for it. And they all they all showed up. They all played well, and that was four of them in the last. So it was a, basically a third of the twelve. Add SH Kim in there and maybe one or two more. I mean, you might have a team that's predominantly South Korean the next when they arrive in Canada in a few years' time. And I'll tell you what, bring that on because they are coming through thick and fast now. And if they continue to do like the the, the girls in the LPGA have, man, the, the future bodes well for men's golf over there. Uh, we didn't even mention that Patrick Cantley had a putt for 59. Sorry, Patrick, should have made it. And then you could have gotten... Could have gotten on the show, left it on the missed it on the pro side though, I believe. Missed it on the top side, uh, which I guess is the nice caveat for a, a sixty. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it matters which side he missed on. Rick. <laughs> it was still a sixty, and, and you didn't tell us because it's in your stumping, your neck of the woods there, and you and yes. me and we were walking around the golf course. I we saw were. Pictures, weather looked ideal. Oh, it was great. It was great. It was awesome. I was out there every day. Yeah, the weather couldn't have been better. Um, it, it, like, listen, if you like to watch these guys go low, you're going to get an opportunity to watch them take apart TPC Summerlin. So if you want to see a lot of birdies and get up close and personal because there's some pretty good – the way they have the the rope set up, you can get pretty much anywhere you want. Uh, it was a, Yeah, it was a great week. It was a great week. Did you stay hydrated? Oh my God. I'm the king of, I'm the king of like double fist and waters. I'm so that and sunscreen. I reapply sunscreen every six minutes and I chug a water every five minutes. Wow. You're busy. I'm, I got no time to do watch golf or do anything else. Yeah. I had no time. Uh, Zozo next week, Japan. So they're going to Japan. Then they're coming back to Congaree for the CJ cup. Uh, Hideki is going to look to defend. And this will be the third time that we see, what is it? Accordia Narashino Country Club. Yes. Because we play cool venue one year. Yeah. Very really cool, cool two, venue. Two Difficult greens. viewing windows, but cool, really cool venue. Yes. It'll be overnight, which will be tough. Yeah. Then the, uh, a little bit nocturnal there, but hey, it, 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 uh, it's great golf this time of year. Love that. Okay. That'll do it. Big thanks to producer Troy. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Uh, Mark Immelman, available on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. Greg Ducharme can be found at The Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.